0: Hello and welcome to Dedicated Packers, the podcast. We do cover the Green Bay Packers and we don't care about anything else. Let's go. All right. Hello and welcome back. To dedicated Packers, it is Wednesday, November 8th, and we are previewing the Packers-Steelers matchup at Heinz Field, or what is now, I want to say Akersher Field. I'm going to miss Heinz Field, man. Catch up, all of it. I'm going to miss that, but Packers-Steelers, we're going to talk all about it, starting off with, as we do every week, the injury report. And it was a relatively short injury report last week. As we know, we're Packers fans. That was pretty short-lived. The injury report has since lengthened up to something like nine people on the injury report now, so I'll go through it here. On the Packers side of things, Jair Alexander did not participate on Wednesday with a shoulder. Kenny Clark, limited with a shoulder. Rudy Ford, limited with a calf. Elton, limited with a knee. Aaron Jones, limited with a hamstring. Josh Nyman did not participate with a back. John Rennie Jr. did not participate with a neck. Quay Walker did not participate with a groin, and Christian Watson, full participant, with a back injury. On the Steelers' side of things, Montrevius Adams did not participate with an ankle. Minka Fitzpatrick did not participate with a hamstring. Cam Hayward, limited with a groin, and Landon Roberts, limited with a knee. So, on the Packers' side of things, the good news on, on the injury front, um, first of all, Christian Watson, back, full participant. That's pretty awesome news, right? He went up, made that incredible catch on Sunday, but got up shaky. He did say today, you know, basically just got the wind knocked out of me. It didn't even hurt too much. So looks like he's uh, he's okay, was a full participant today. Awesome news on, on the Watson side of things. Seems like he's pretty much good to go there. Kenny Clark and Rudy Ford both being limited. That is also awesome news. Kenny missed the rest of Sunday's game after leaving, you know, in something like midway through the first half. Um, So awesome that he's out there, already limited participant, and Rudy Ford missed all of Sunday's game, was declared inactive after, I want to say, popping up on the injury report on Friday. Now, maybe it was Thursday for Rudy Ford, but regardless, now both players, they're back, they're practicing, both are pretty big contributors to the defense. Kenny obviously is a massive contributor, probably the biggest aside from Rashawn and Jair, and then Rudy Ford. He's been pretty freaking good, probably the Packers' best safety this year. So awesome to see both of them back out there. The last bits of good news, Aaron Jones, limited, awesome, right? Obviously obviously still dealing with the hamstring, but pretty clearly no setbacks. They were in pads today at practice. Aaron Jones wasn't in in the no-contact jersey, so good sign there. And then Elton, limited with the knee. I mean, nothing new there. Still dealing with it, but he's out there practicing. Everything looks good on that front. The bad news, the biggest thing, it's Jair. Did not participate with a shoulder. Now, the good news is that it's not his back. Hopefully, maybe, maybe the back's kind of behind us at this point. But Matt LaFleur said he got banged up. Jair did on Sunday's game. It's a shoulder injury, and those are never fun. Jair obviously dealt with with a shoulder injury way back in 2021, Kind of been a hesitant tackler since you've seen his run defense sort of dip a little bit. His willingness to tackle running backs dip a little bit since that shoulder injury. So hopefully that's not too big of a deal, but obviously he didn't practice. Quay Walker, he was still not participating in practice. I think he popped up on the injury report last Friday. He's looked damn good on D this year, but did not practice today and not, not a great sign. For Sunday, some meh. News, both JRJ and Nyman not practicing. Now, it's pretty tough for Nyman. I would probably prefer to have him start over Rasheed at this point. Um, but, you know, we'll see where he's at at the end of the week. Rashid did look good when he came in versus LA after Nyman went out. On the Runyon side, look, I don't want to undervalue John Runyon Jr. because he's been good for the Packers for, you know couple of years, 2020 he was really good, 2021 probably the best on the line while all the other guys around him were getting injured, but he's just really declined over the past two years, seemingly game after game after game. And Sean Ryan, honestly, Sean Ryan looked pretty awesome in his spot at right guard on Sunday when he came in for the drive. Matt said that Ryan's practices had earned him basically the right, the opportunity to back up John in that game over uh, Royce Newman. And so I wouldn't mind seeing Ryan out there again on Sunday. Now, obviously, never rooting for anyone to get injured. That's the last thing I want. But if Runyon can't go and Ryan has to play, I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world. That's sort of what we have on on the injury front there. Some good news, some bad news. Nothing too debilitating, but just going to have to get through the week, see where we are. Other bits of news, small things. James Robinson released... From the Packers practice squad. I talked a bit when they signed him about how, you know, he'd had these fun couple of first seasons as a running back, had his injury, big injury, and then it's clearly been a step slower since. Kind of seems like the Packers agreed. They seem more comfortable with Emmanuel Wilson and whoever else they have on the practice squad at the running back spot. So they said goodbye, cut ties with James Robinson. They did in his place sign running back Ellis Merriweather, 5.49 RES, really just you know, another body in there, not too much to say on that, but those are kind of the signings that have been made since we last talked signings and cuts. That's what I have for you on the news standpoint. With that said, let's jump into this game because this is interesting. These are two teams, the Steelers and Packers, with bad offenses. Now, the difference, the Steelers are 5-3, and three, the Packers are 3-5. and five. So on the offensive side of the thing, uh, of the, you know, field, both offenses They're struggling. They've shown flashes. Yes, both have, but in general, they're struggling. Now, they do have sort of different strengths. The Packers' offensive scheme, I think, is head and shoulders above where the Steelers is. Matt Canada is someone who's getting a huge amount of blame in Pittsburgh, while Matt LaFleur, you know, he's getting some blame in Green Bay, but certainly not for the scheme that he's bringing to the table. However, the Steelers in general, first of all, they have an older offense, a more experienced offense. And then more importantly, they have receivers that are making a lot more plays than the Packers receivers are making. Now, this is likely for a number of reasons, including, you know, some of Deontay Johnson being a significantly more experienced receiver than any of the Packers, but also likely the Steelers' offensive line perhaps faring slightly better, and perhaps the emphasis in the Steelers' week-to-week meetings is more on getting the wide receivers the football, something I would like to see Green Bay do a little bit more of. Both quarterbacks, Packers and Steelers, they've shown ups and downs. Now, Jordan, I do believe, is generally more talented than Kenny Pickett, but Pickett's in his second year. You know, he's therefore more experienced as a starter than Jordan Love is, and he is better at hitting downfield throws than Jordan Love. So, you know, overall, I mean, both struggling offenses, flashes, but struggling the difference between these two teams why the Steelers are five and three the Packers are three and five the defense now the Steelers have an awesome well an awesome defensive front and a pretty damn good defense they're coached by Mike Tomlin who's basically the model of consistency I don't think I still don't think he's ever finished a season with a winning percentage below 500. That's pretty freaking impressive, considering he's been a coach for something like 14 years now. So awesome, awesome there from Mike Tomlin. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, in general, the Steelers, they kind of always have good defenses. They have an awesome defensive front this year, just you know, wreaking havoc on basically whatever team they play with TJ Watt and Cam Hayward up front. The secondary, not as good. Minka fixed Patrick, he's been out for the Steelers for some time. Maybe he comes back this week, though he did not participate today, still so, still battling a hamstring injury. But that's sort of that has been the difference. Green Bay, yeah, I mean, you could say their defense, you know, they haven't given up a bunch of points, sure, but I mean, in the Atlanta game, they got run all over on the ground. They haven't been good enough. And in a, you know, an extra two games, the Steelers' defense has been good enough. And that is basically why the Steelers are five and three, and the Packers are three and five, so that's kind of what I have on on this game overall. Now, one side note, some interesting stats here, the last Green Bay Packers team to win in Pittsburgh, can you guess what team that was? So, just for the record, every NFC AFC team plays basically once every four years, so that's once in Lambeau and then once in Pittsburgh, so basically, they play once in Pittsburgh over every eight years. So you might think, well, maybe the last Aaron Rodgers team won. Okay, no, they didn't. Well, maybe a team with Brett Favre won. No, they didn't. All right, well, maybe, you know, a team before that one. Well, actually, the last Packers team to win in Pittsburgh, the 1970s squad. We're talking Bart Starr versus Terry Bradshaw. I mean, it has been a freaking long time. Not only was the 1970 Packers team the last team to win in Pittsburgh, but it's not like packers quarterbacks have played too well there either neither brett nor aaron completed over 60 percent of their throws in a game at pittsburgh so jordan green bay let's go do something fun go snap the 53 year drought go pick up a win with that all said let's move into my offensive keys for the game the first one please just be competent in pass pro And the pass-rush matchup, when you're looking at it for this Packers offensive line, could be quite overwhelming, just like in the Detroit game. In fact, it's probably tougher than the Detroit game, and this is probably the best defensive front that the Packers have faced all season, because you can forget about really everything else on the Steelers' defensive front, even though they have some really fun pieces. Alex Highsmith, middle linebacker, he's super fun for the Steelers, they use him on the edge a little bit, but TJ Watt on the edge, and Cameron Hayward on the interior, I mean, they could wreak some incredible havoc. Now, Aiden Hutchinson's awesome, but he's no TJ Watt, and Detroit didn't really have anyone on the interior at the level of Cam Hayward. Aaron Donald, yeah, he's better than Cam Hayward on the interior, Um, and Byron Young is a very fun rookie for the Rams, but TJ Watt is probably the best pass rusher in the league. Byron Young isn't even close to the TJ Watt level, and when you look at that, you think this game could set up extremely poorly for Green Bay if they can't block up front. And that's why pass protection is going to be paramount in this game. Now, somehow, some way, Green Bay actually still, despite everything that we've watched this year, and every time we think, wow, they really do suck, somehow Green Bay still has, by most metrics, one of the best pass-blocking offensive lines in the league. In fact, one specific ranking... That weights a combination of PFF pass blocking grade, ESPN pass block win rate, and SIS or SIS blown block percentage. A ranking that weights all of those and combines them gives, you know, ranks each team 1 to 32. They have Green Bay as the second best pass blocking offensive line in the league. I don't, I mean, I wouldn't say they've been that good, but they probably haven't been as bad as everyone wants to make them out to be. Now, that being said, this game is still going to be one hell of a challenge for them. And if they want to have success, forget about, you know, forget about everything else. If they want to have success doing the most basic things in the passing game, they have, they have to block up front. And I trust Elton Jenkins. I trust Zach Tom. I always will. Myers, I mean, look, I, I, hate a bunch of things about the Packers sticking with him, you know, regardless of what he puts on the field, but he's a pretty good, he's a pretty good pass blocker. But then it comes down to the left tackle and right guard spot. If it's John Runyon Jr., I have some faith. I think, you know, hopefully he can do maybe a decent job against Cam Hayward, probably going to see some John Runyon Jr., Josh Myers double teams. If it's Sean Ryan, I mean, the reality is we don't know what to expect. I would just go in there, hope and pray because, yeah, I mean, Sean Ryan looked good in whatever nine snaps he had, but going up against Hay- Cam Hayward in your first career NFL start would be a whole different story. And then, really, left tackle is where the play has to be good because whoever's in there, Rashid Yash, if they're just getting a bunch of one v ones versus T.J. Watt, good night, like game over, game over. It's it's not gonna go well. He he would shred. He would shred. I mean, name the top tackle in the league. Christian Derrissaw, like he would have... TJ Watt and Derrissaw would have some fun battles, and TJ Watt would win plenty of the time. So if you're expecting Rashid or Josh to go out there and just shut down TJ Watt, that's not going to happen. The Packers are going to need to t- to chip TJ Watt. They're going to need to give their left tackle help. Basically do whatever they can to allow Jordan to have a decent amount of time to get rid of the ball. If they can do that now you're starting to play with some fire. But, but, they have to be able to neutralize TJ Watt, and that's going to be a tough, 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 tough task. My second offensive key, run the ball. Run the ball, run the ball, running the ball. And what will happen if you run the ball is two things. First of all, it's going to set up Green Bay's offense to run the way that they want it to run. It's, I mean, yeah, they can kind of have some success through just straight drop-back passing, but really, when Green Bay's offense succeeded against the Rams, it was because they could run the ball. And people, are, they're going to look at this Steelers secondary and want to pass, and we'll talk about it. I'll get to it in my players to watch whatnot. I mean, yeah, it's going to be fun. You know, you look at these the cornerbacks the Steelers present, you're thinking, yeah, we can have some success against that. That's good, I get it, but coming off of a game where the offensive line looked good, and they were able to run well and move the ball against a pretty good Rams front, just just do it again. Let's. I mean, I'm not saying you have to stick to it all game, but come out and see if it works. Because if it does, guess what? Now you're setting your offense up to succeed in that same way again in the... I mean, the way that, let's be honest, Matt's kind of designed this offense to succeed off of the run. And so hopefully they can come in there and run the ball and set the offense up to succeed. That's going to be the first thing. It's going to set the offense up, you know, from the ground up. It's going to really just allow everything to be built off of the run game. The second thing it's also going to do is provide some help in pass protection. You're thinking, what, running the ball is going to help in pass pro? Yeah, because if you keep running the ball at TJ Watt over and over and over again, guess What? He's gonna start getting annoyed. He's gonna he's not just gonna be able to pin his ears back and be ready to go and attack the quarterback. Instead, he's gonna know that plenty of times, it's not gonna be him running at the left tackle, it's gonna be the running back running at him. And that's just a totally different mindset as an edge rusher, as an interior defensive lineman. If we're talking about Cam Hayward, it's something that's if I mean if the Packers are running the ball well, it's only going to help their offensive line when they have to drop back and pass protect so those are sort of the two massive things that being able to run the ball well will do for you in this game now how do you run the ball well right back to the offensive line they have to block well again and like with pass protection I trust Elton I trust Zach Tom Josh Myers John Rennie Jr. whoever's at left tackle That there is the question mark. And maybe if Runyon's out, we get Ryan at right guard again. He was moving people in the run game, so maybe he can do that. Myers, hopefully he puts together a good week. I thought, actually, he played quite nicely last week. I do—now, you know, know, as we get further and further into the season, I do kind of agree with Goody that Josh Myers is playing the best football of his career. Now, that doesn't mean anything, right? If the best football of his career is still bad— I mean, that's probably worse than him playing the worst football of his career and it being bad. But I do think Josh Myers is playing at maybe the highest level we've ever seen him play right now. Not saying that much, but that's where we're at. And then honestly, I mean, even just forgetting a little bit about the offensive line, though, of course, you can never totally do that. Just give Aaron Jones the football on every play, because it seems like every single play, maybe it should go for negative three yards. He'll turn it into a zero yard game. Maybe it should go for two yards, five yards. Maybe it should go for 5 yards, 10 yards. Aaron Jones has a way of getting the ball and making a positive out of every play, and I think that if they can find a way of working on the ground, not only is the line going to have to block well, but Aaron Jones is going to have to get the ball a bunch. I think they can do it, and then everything can start flowing from there. So that's what I have on the offensive side of the ball. On the defensive side, first key, make Kenny Pickett beat you because when the Steelers' offense is working, it's working off of the run game. When it's not working, it's working because Kenny Pickett has to make tough throws. And Kenny Pickett is not a top-tier quarterback. He's not even close. Is he good enough to make the playoffs with? Maybe. Probably, depending on the team you put around him. Is he good enough to win a Super Bowl? Probably not. And so if Green Bay can force Kenny Pickett to beat them, they're going to be in a pretty damn good spot. Now, they're not going to be in as good a spot as if they're forcing Brett Rippian to beat them, but still a good spot. Now, how can you force Kenny to beat you? You have to stop the run. And Green Bay's done a much better job of stopping the run the last two weeks. In fact, I think they've been one of the top defenses by EPA on, on run play. So awesome job the last two weeks. Let's keep it up again. How? What have they done so well the last few weeks? First thing, the middle linebacker play. I think middle linebackers are playing much, much, much better. I don't think, you know, I don't think we appropriately discussed how much of an impact of Campbell being out had on this run defense because I think with him being back more holes are being filled the defense overall looks much better and and then additionally Isaiah McDuffie he looked good last week versus LA so I think both middle linebackers Campbell McDuffie Quay when he was in there all those guys playing better against the run that's being that's been a massive part of the defense looking better and then the second thing we're simply getting more penetration up front. Carl Brooks and TJ Slayton, they've both been coming on recently. That's been massive. Carl Brooks had sort of breakout, mini breakout game last week. Some really nice plays against the run. TJ Slayton against Minnesota, similar thing, mini breakout game. Lucas Van Ness, Rashawn Gary, they've been getting more snaps, which has been awesome because now those guys can make a big, bigger impact. So some of those guys, right, Rashawn Gary, Lucas Van Ness, they're getting more snaps. They're, getting, they're making a bigger impact. Other guys, TJ Slayton, getting the same number of snaps, maybe they're just playing a little bit better, and that means you know some of the run plays that used to be going for six yards, maybe they're only going for two this time. Maybe they're going for zero. If those guys keep playing well, and it's not like Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's offensive line is really anything impressive, then the Packers' defense should be able to force the Steelers into passing situations where Kenny has to win. And if Kenny Pickett has to win... I mean, I'm not going to totally take my chances with the Packers defense because it's still the Packers defense, but I, I could definitely feel worse. My second defensive key, shut down the receivers. Because, look, I love the idea of just making Kenny Pickett beat you, but the reality is there is a world where Kenny Pickett will beat you because wide receivers are just getting open left, right, and center, especially if Jair... Alexander's out, right? Because what if I told you, what if I told you this preseason? Yeah, um, Carrington Valentine's going to be the number one corner for the team. And your backup corner, or your not even your backup corner, because backup corner, quote unquote, means your second corner, who's still starting pretty much every snap. Yeah, that's going to be either Corey Valentine or Robert Rochelle. I mean, what? What? That's absurd. So, First of all, let's hope Jair's playing, but then you still have to shut down George Pickens and Deontay Johnson, two very, very talented receiver. How do you do it? I think you can look at what the Packers did against Nakua and Cup last week. If Jair's in there, right, I think similar to last week, Jair, he takes whoever's on his side. Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Jair really doesn't move sides with receivers, so the guy's over there, Jair's gonna line up across from him, he's going to shut him down. On the opposing side, let Carrington play just as physical as he did last week. It's going to be tough. Teams are, gonna, are, are going to challenge Carrington again and again and again. Probably going to start taking advantage of his aggressiveness. Hey, let him play aggressive. I love, love how aggressive Carrington plays. Let's see him do it some more because it's, it's, a, it's an awesome energy out there, and he played awesome last week. Now, if Jair is out, honestly, hope, pray do whatever you got to do, whatever deity you want to appeal to, it's kind of your hope. Because honestly, if Keyshawn Nixon is your second best corner, and I mean, he's not even an outside corner, he's a slot corner, things aren't going to go great for you. So if Jair's out, how do you shut down those receivers? I mean, Carrington's going to have to play really, 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 really well. And then either Ballantyne or Rochelle are going to need to step up and show something. It's going to be tough to shut down both of those guys if Jair's out, but it's kind of the world we're in. We 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 can't let them totally cook us, but we also can't let the run game cook us. So, plenty of keys on both sides of the ball. That's what I have going into this game. I'm going to finish out as I always do with my players to watch. My first player to watch, Jordan Love. And I'm going to talk a little bit here about Jordan Love because Jordan Love really throughout the season, it's been fascinating how people have flip-flopped on him, what people's thoughts are because a lot of people on Twitter, on the internet, they say Jordan Love's a bad quarterback, Green Bay should move on. You can pretty safely set those people to ignore. I, I, I mean, some, some people, I mean, maybe they actually do generally have valid opinions, and this is just one that I happen to disagree with, but I mean, I don't know how you could just be convinced Green Bay should move on at this point. A lot of people aren't ready to give up, but they aren't necessarily convinced. And whatever really you think about Jordan Love, I think that we can all agree that his play this season has been extremely, extremely fascinating. Because when he's in rhythm, he's been awesome. Like, like, awesome, awesome. But of course, right? Because he's playing in rhythm. But when he has been, accuracy's been excellent, probably because his footwork is awesome, his timing is awesome, his anticipation, additionally, also awesome. Everything's really good when he's playing in rhythm. When he can't just find his first read, things get a little bit more wishy-washy. Now, most of the time, he's still awesome. Keeps his base strong, keeps going through his reads, finds the open guy, makes a nice throw. There are, however, a couple of times when something goes wrong. Um, Usually, it's either that he's indecisive or inaccurate, and and then, you know, you get him taking the bad sack, like he took at the end of the uh, first half against the LA Rams. And then there are also times when things are collapsing around him you wonder how he's going to make a play and he flips a beautiful sidearm pass um there are also other times when pre-snap awesome play i think it was the first third down they had against LA he got a he got a hard count going so it was in his cadence you know green 19 green 19 whatever got the rams defender to give away what he was doing so made it the rams defender started moving up because jordan got him with the hard count didn't go off sides, but now Jordan knows, hey, that guy's coming, that guy's bringing pressure. He was able to adjust, slide protection. That way, green Bay's offensive line, able to pick everyone up. and Wicks underneath, Jordan had all day hit him on the crosshair, first down conversion. Easy, easy, nice. That is exactly the type of stuff that you love to see. You know, when he flips a beautiful sidearm pass with things collapsing around him. When he does the nice thing, says, this is the guy who's coming, adjust protection, easy first down. Or when he, you know, he's playing in rhythm, timing, base, everything's awesome. Even most of the time when, you know, he can't just hit his first read, but he's able to go through his reads. Now, again, occasionally he messes up, but usually that's pretty good. But the last issue, the real killer is him not being able to hit that deep ball. And here's the thing for me. All of... The complaints with Jordan Love, you know, he was too indecisive here. Oh, he missed this short route. He didn't put it on his guy so that the guy was able to turn up field. I mean, for example, someone saying, you know, he didn't hit Dontavion Wicks on a, on a ball, and as a result, Wicks had to turn around and then fumble the football. Now, the fumble is not really on Jordan Love, but, you know, it definitely could have been a better ball, and if it were a better ball, Dontavion Wicks wouldn't have fumbled. That's, that's all true but I fully believe that's going to be cleaned up with with time because a lot of the inaccuracy, often it's a timing issue. The indecisiveness, hopefully that becomes better. He just gets more snaps, starts thinking less, just is able to throw it. And then it's legitimately just the deep ball that leaves me downing things. But that's more than nothing. And these next nine weeks are the time for Jordan to show that he can hit the deep shots. And I think it starts in Pittsburgh. Let's go through the secondary. I mentioned it briefly up at the top of the show. Patrick Peterson, washed. Christian Watson in week one of last year absolutely dusted him. Unfortunately, he dropped the pass. Maybe Christian comes back this week, cooks Patrick Peterson again. Jordan's able to put it on him. Christian's able to reel it in. Touchdown. I would love to see that. Levi Wallace, also washed. He was good in coverage, I don't know, two years ago. And then Joey Porter Jr., yes, yes. He's young, he's very talented, but most importantly, he's young. So let's get Christian Watson going deep. Let's get Jaden Reed going deep. Let's get Luke Musgrave. Some mismatches get the Packers' fastest players in advantageous positions. If they do that, Green Bay's going to have an opportunity to spread things out. Pittsburgh secondary really isn't that good. It's time for Jordan to spread things out and hit on those deep shots. That's what I'm looking for in this game from Jordan Love. And I think if he plays well, the offense is going to play well. Now, it's not saying too much. Usually when the quarterback plays well, the offense does well, but I want to watch Jordan Love in this game. On the other side of the ball, my second player to watch, Devon Dre Campbell. And here's the thing. I love how Devon Dre's played lately. Love it. And first of all, against the run, he's been awesome, and I think he's going to be a massive part of stopping the Pittsburgh Steelers' run game. This game... I think he's going to come out and ball out last game. He had a fumble recovery, kept making plays against the run this game. Maybe we see an interception. Maybe we see Devondre Campbell drop back into a window, pick off. Kenny Pickett would love to see that. Maybe he comes out, forces a fumble either way. I think Devondre Campbell, he's looked awesome since coming back. I think he's going to come out and have a really, really awesome game this week. So that's what I'm looking for. That's what I have on this game I hope you enjoyed this preview episode. I'll be back on Sunday recapping the game. Man, every Sunday's awesome. Because every Sunday, you just kind of have the same hope that the Green Bay Packers are going to win. And I have that hope again this Sunday. Now, it hasn't gone too well in, in recent weeks. I mean, it went nicely last week. But other than that, you've been disappointed. But just be happy we get to go out there and watch Packers football. Because I get a lot of week it, weeks it does suck because the, the team sucks, right? But pretty soon we're going to be in January, we're going to be in February, we're going to be in March, and we're going to be like, man, I wish we had Packers football to watch. So enjoy it. Go out there, have some fun. I'll be back on Sunday. But until then, go Pack Go!